Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. This episode is brought to you by Sherpa Way Marketing. Are you a business looking to gain greater visibility online through search engine optimized content? Maybe you need effective ad campaigns to kickstart or bolster traffic to your website. Sherpa Way Marketing has seasoned experts that are bilingual in English and Spanish. Let them take the guesswork away and enhance your brand positioning with their comprehensive marketing services. Go to SherpaWayMarketing.com. That's S-H-E-R-P-A-W-A-Y marketing.com to schedule your free 45-minute consultation today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. This is the second time in the last couple episodes that I've uh, started out with technical difficulties. I think it's like the universe teaching me to be present and to be able to improvise in the moment. (laughs) So my guest, Tracy Neal, was patiently awaiting while I finagled, you know, the joys of technology because uh, we are just in a technological age and we made it here. So we're blessed because we are able to do this interview. But I want to talk a little bit about Tracy. She's a speaker and a poet. She was born in Hopkins, South Carolina and lives in Columbia, South Carolina. So that is where she is today having this wonderful conversation we're about to get into. But she is passionate about many things, one of them being poetry. She actually started um, at 13 and just being able to perform. Um, But she knew at a young age that she was in a space of writing. She actually started at five. So writing and manifested into poetry. And actually what I find really interesting about Tracy's story is poetry was her outlet uh, from bullying and having low self-esteem. So I definitely want to get into that. Um, And she's been public speaking. And in the limited time that we, you know, before we hit record, um, we talked about the pandemic being um, almost like a breakthrough for her to be able to do the work that she does in a lot of different countries. Um, And her faith is something that's very important to her. So I would love to hear about that. But Tracy, thanks for hanging in with me. And thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, this is awesome. Well, I would love to be able to start with your story. You have a lot of passions. You know, I know your faith is something that's important to you and writing and it started so young. So can you just talk more about how it started and how it's evolved? Well, I started writing at five years old. And I loved to write stories, draw pictures and everything. That was, has always been my passion, you know, since that age. But 
as I got older, things began to change because um, I have a strong relationship with my parents and I value their input, especially my father. My father is a retired high school teacher over 40 years. So originally my plan, my plan was to be a writer. But as time went on, I listened to their influence of me trying to find a more stable career. So I ended up choosing teaching because it was something that I could do well. I love kids. I love kids since I was 12. But even though that was something I could do well, my passion, my longing, it always stayed with me to be a writer. So throughout the time of me trying to be certified at the time, um, being a certified teacher in South Carolina, you had to pass a praxis exam, specialty exam. And so I tried to pass it for 10 years and failed 10 times. And so finally, the 10th time I failed, I realized that no, I have to go after my dream. I have to go after my passion. I finally found the courage. And I know it was through my faith um, in God to just go for it. You know, I have nothing else to lose now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, I've tried so many years. Well, you were fighting the good fight. You were fighting the good fight. <laughs> you know, I want to point out something that is is an observation um, that I think other people can relate to which is wanting to make your parents proud of you by doing something that they find respectable, that they can talk about to other people. Oh, my daughter, Tracy, she's a teacher, especially for someone who was a teacher. I mean, these are things that we experience when we're young. The only thing we think about is what can I do to make my parents proud, you know, so you did that. But the other thing is inside, we have that burning, we have that calling, we have that thing that's bigger than us. And sometimes that thing is not in agreement and alignment with with other people want for us. So what was it like, after that 10th time that you failed, after you said, I'm going to go for this dream that I want in this other direction. How did your parents react to that? My mother was okay with it because I tell people I get my gift of writing from her. It transitioned. And um, at 14 is the first time I performed. And she actually took me at the time to um, the South Carolina Book Festival. And I was the youngest one in this room full of older adults and college kids and they had an open mic and they were reading everybody that was performing was reading off a paper and so I actually had brought my poems at the time and she encouraged me my mother to go up there and I guess she thought I was going to read off a paper but I didn't I performed and she said you have a gift so she confirmed to me at a young age that I had the gifts. So I knew that more than likely she would be on board. But my dad, it was hard. Oh, it was so hard because I'm a daddy's girl. And um, following, feeling like I was following in my father's footsteps, I feel like meant a lot to him. So the transition part was hard. But I go back to my faith. You know, I had to rely on that during that difficult time. 
But as I kept pursuing it, as opportunities kept arising, um, I finally gained my father's respect that this is this is who she is. This is what she's yeah. supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Well, when was the first time he saw you? Did he see you in that event that you were talking about that your mom encouraged you to do? He didn't see me in that event, but I actually in college, my freshman year, I started out at Columbia College in South Carolina and he saw me perform for a talent show. Mind you, I was the first one to sign up. (laughs) Wow. And I ended up winning. (laughs) It's just so funny, like thinking about it now, like, yes, first one to um, sign up. First one to sign up. And so, okay, did he, I mean, to me, as if, as a parent to see that, wouldn't, would that not be like, okay, like, she's good at this. She won this whole thing. Was it, was it gradual more that he kind of bought into, to this idea? <laughs> I think my father's just the type of man, he's not just going to be easily convinced So I remember when I first, like I said, pursued my writing full time, it was in um, January 2020. I was still working at the time as a pre-K aide, but by June 2020, I let it go. And so I remember kind of at my parents' house sitting, talking to him and my, my dad is a, a proud man. He'll say, um, I've taught thousands and thousands of kids. <laughs> and I remember boldly telling my father, well, daddy, I'm going to reach millions. And at the time, <laughs> I know he probably thought like, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> right. But, but I think a lot changed. And I tell him this to this day, a lot changed when I got in the New York Times. So a year after I got in the New York Times and I got to share my journey of poetry and ha- and actually speaking about rejection <laughs> and how I use poetry to push me forward mm-hmm. from the rejection. So um, wow. that changed that changed the traje- trajectory of everything. Like I started getting more opportunities and, and things. Um, recently last month, I was a part of an art and poetry exhibit Mm-hmm. at our main library branch in downtown Columbia. And um, so two of my poems were showcased there and I got to let my dad see it. So he ended up treating me uh, afterwards to like California yeah. drink. We had a nice restaurant. He was like, this is a very nice exhibit. And so mm-hmm. I, slowly but surely, he's yeah. my commitment and my drive that I'm not going to give up. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's so much to be said for that because you have that drive, but it's also teaching him a little bit more about a territory that maybe he just wasn't as informed. So there's a lot of professions in the world that have an air to it of prestige or accolades or respect by default because of history of time. And, you know, if somebody says, I'm going to be a doctor, or I'm going to be a lawyer, nobody questions that there's something about those professions, and the tried and true, you know, stories about people who have gone down those paths that feel assured. And there's other professions that to be blunt, I just don't think people know 
<laughs> what it means. Like I'm a consultant and that's a really broad term. So when I tell people that there's so many connotations of what that entails. Um, I don't spend too much time describing it. I try to figure out a way to, to make it sound interesting or fun, but it's, it's not like at the top of the list that somebody's like, oh my gosh, you're a consultant. It's like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? So writing, it's one of those very broad terms. So when you say, I'm a writer, a lot of times, um, you know, somebody might say, okay, so is it, do you write books? Like, is that the main thing that you do? So, but there's so much more to it. So I would love to maybe you share when you say writing, like what, what does a day in the life look like for you as a writer? Well, I have always been one. My mother says I marched to a different drummer. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I love that. So, so um, I'm one of those people that I'm not limited to, you know, this certain box of what I guess typical writers do. And I also have a passion for community and helping those in need. So I feel like my writing is a gift to the world, and I should be using it in different avenues. So. I'm one of those people that I like to use my platform, my name to help others, you know, to uplift others. It doesn't matter, you know, how low or how high they are. Like, I just love helping people. And so I try to find different ways to do that. And I was actually telling my husband the other day that I really like exhibits. You know, I think that it's a way to showcase your, your gift and exhibit some exhibits actually have competitions so it's a way for you to get exposure but also bring inspiration to the community throughout different communities so i i found a lot of exhibits and i just i just find passion in in helping people so i like contests um but i am more big on exhibits because i just really like to draw people in it's about mm -hmm. inspiring people if i can use my gift to make someone else believe that they can achieve their dream then that's mm -hmm. enough for me yeah that's beautiful and how do you find the exhibits like how do you find where you can go and share your work i am a big researcher i also get that from my mother so i'm a digger <laughs> I will Google things and, and type in um, stuff. I found that Submittable has been the, uh, the game changer for me. I love Submittable because I'm, I, I like to keep up with where, where I submit my work to. So it's Submittable. As soon as you submit, there's a receipt saying, we got your submission. <laughs> so yeah. I can keep track of where, you know, my work is going. So I love Submittable. And um, I just... Like I said, I just, sometimes I have to create opportunities, if I can be totally honest. Yeah. So in um, 2021, I decided when I started writing um, my children's book series that I wanted to go out in the community and just really inspire the young people. So I actually was able to um, go to all of the venues for Boys and Girls Club of the Midlands and mm -hmm. speak to their kids about their dreams. I'm going to try not to cry. But um, 
just being able to talk to them and share my story with them and encourage them that I believe in their dreams was just overwhelming. You can't put a price on that. You know, for me that that's, there's no price on that. And that's, that's what matters to me more. So I actually was able to listen to a lot of the kids dreams Um, when it was a larger group. Some of them came up to me after the session and was like, I didn't get to tell you my dream. This is what I want to do. And, and, and I would just look right at them and tell them, well, I believe in your dream. Just remember that. And I would look at them and say, let me look at you, get a good look at you. Because when you achieve your dream, I want you to remember, I believe in you. And that's enough. That, that's what, to me, what it's all about is that we utilize the gifts that we have been given to give back to others and help people reach their full potential because mm-hmm. we all have something inside of us. It just yeah. needs to be watered. And yeah. Nature. Need to water that plant, that little seed so it can continue to grow. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about is the bullying. So what did that, what was that like for you and what led you to poetry to help you with that? Well, growing up, I am from the South and the girls tended to be developed and curving like that. And so I, like I said, marched to a different drummer. I was different. I always stood out. And so it was hard for me to accept that about myself. But with my poetry, it was a way for me to be seen, to be heard and be known you know, the, the way I presented poetry was totally different from how I really felt inside. Mm-hmm. And so it was a transitional time for me, a growth development time for me as I continued to write that this is, this is who I am and I need to embrace it. I need to love it. I need to own it. And mm-hmm. so it's very interesting because one of the poems that was in the exhibit that I was telling you about er- um, earlier, mm-hmm. Downtown Columbia, it was like so much like me, who the adult me now. And I had written it in high school, but it was spot on who I am now. And I was like, wow. So, so even with my writing, I was sure of myself in my writing, but I need to be sure of myself internally. Wow. It's a, it's a journey. And it sounds like poetry has continued to be this pathway of self-assurance, of like leaning into your your being, your essence. Um, I wasn't thinking about this until I just, you know, witnessed your passion as you were talking about the kids and talking about this, but do you have a piece of poetry that you would be able to read or share? I can. Um, and it could be any anything like any it doesn't you know anything that just speaks to you or something that maybe you know um, is on your heart at the moment oh yes Um, I call this hiding behind the corner and this is like my theme poem of of who I am and the journey of of overcoming the bullying and low self-esteem I used to be the girl hiding behind the corner. I felt like a loner. Yet even when I cried, I thought I had died to a world I had to face, but still the people lied. 
I must admit I couldn't take it. I truly believed I wouldn't make it. Then one day something inside this vessel said, don't fake it, but break it. So I broke the walls that were tearing me apart and ripping out my heart until the fall I was about to hit came into a line for start. I just kept running since I couldn't stop. I ran like a criminal trying to get away from the cops. I got rid of the haters, the perpetrators, the two faces and the instigators. I changed my way of thinking and didn't mind blinking. If times are too hard, I would stack it up with those deck of cards. I became stronger, could stand longer, not trying to measure up to a world going under. I gained respect and advanced my intellect to a place I didn't expect. Now I can walk up to a person untimid and shy. I'm a newfound eagle and I'm ready to fly. I have to speak before my spirit leaps with anticipation, determination, imagination, and an accepted application. No, I'm not always accepted by those around me, but my soul has life that a blind person can see. I have a voice that needs to be spread in order to have true peace in my head. My spirit creates a difference in the essence of the confident presence I showed when I decided not to be led. Um. What just happened right now? I, I um okay, there is a reason that you won that award. <laughs> there is a reason that your mom was like, um, you need to do this. This is your calling. Sometimes you just have to get woke so you can really understand, but that's now I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I've seen, I, here's the thing, because I've studied you and I've seen it. I think it's this, this being live, being present, being in the moment. Like I love live performance. I, I like, and I think that's something that you're very good at for the fact that you don't need to, you know, have everything in front of you because it's within you. And that's what emanates, you know, like when I go to a Broadway show, and I'm like, I, how? Because you, you can't, I mean, you can't mess up. You just have, you know, I mean, it's live and it's so much, it's so much power. And I'm thinking of young people looking at you going, I have hope, you know, I, she, she's confident. She's leaning into the thing that makes her, her. And, and, and that's because there's a lot of maybes in our heart. There's a lot of, well, maybe, maybe I can do this. Maybe, you know, it's, it's possibility, but then you've got all the fears of like, what if, and I think all those, what ifs, if we shift them to, oh, well, what if I fail? What if you succeed? What if you get opportunities that are beyond your wildest dreams? What if you meet somebody that changes your life? What if someone hears your poem that needed to hear it, that changed the trajectory of what they were gonna do because all of a sudden they had hope and they believed in their dream, like you said, that they were losing faith in. They were losing because other people said, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? So thank you for just <laughs> so on the, on the fly doing that because it wasn't like I, you know, had asked you prior if you could be prepared for that. But that just says so much about your character and how and 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 that silenced the haters. <laughs> I could see like bullies going like, oh, my bad. I, I guess you have something to say. <laughs> You know, but that it's powerful, Tracy. You have so 
much power. And, you know, you come across as this very, um, you know, like there's this quiet power about you. Like when you see your, when you see your face, it's like, oh, she's so sweet. Oh, she's just so pleasant and her smile. And then boom, all of a sudden, there's just all of this in there. Um, that's amazing. Like your first performance, were you scared? No. Wow. That wasn't. Like That's I said, like, it really, it really was this kind of, you know, avenue. Like you feel like the shades and the covers are on you, but you take it off. Like yeah. once I'm in that moment, I just take it off. You're so present. You are so present when you're when you're doing your poetry. I want to come back to this New York Times. So what how did that come about and what did that do for you? Oh my goodness. This so it's just amazing how life works. That's all I can say. I had tried for three times to get in the New York Times. Like I knew that I wanted to get in a major publication because I, I just felt like that could change, you know, the trajectory of, of what I was trying to do. And so I actually dug and <laughs> researched and found this prompt about writing about your philosophy on life. And I just want to encourage people that like whatever your gift is, please do what you love. Like if it's really what you're into your passion, because if you try to just do something forced, it's it's not going to be real. And when it's not real for you, it's not going to be real for someone else. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned from the New York Times getting in that I need to do what what is my passion, even in writing. I don't I don't always write for every prompt or every um, publication, because if I'm not passionate about it, if it doesn't mean anything to me, then it's not going to be real for the person reading it. Mm-hmm. So so I feel like with the New York Times, it also gave me confidence to know that um it only takes one person believing you and the rest follow. And it only takes one opinion. So I learned that in my writing, there are going to be critics, like any other thing. There's going to be critics in your life that are going to tell you, you can't do this or you can't do that. And, And who do you think you are? Like all of these voices in your head and you have to decide, well, are these voices going to help me be a better person or help me elevate what I'm trying to do? If not, I need to just take it as is with a grain of salt and continue to move forward. And that's what I've learned to do. You know, that, hey, (laughs) you're not the only publication. You're not the only person that will give me a chance. I will find someone that does. And that's another thing for me is my drive that when I have people tell me, who do you think you are? You can't do that. Like Mm -hmm. you started from scratch. You don't have this. You don't have that. Well, I may not have this. I may not have that, but I will prove you wrong. And and that is, that is the thing that I told those kids is that, you know, regardless of what you're trying to do, who can stop you? Who can stop you from achieving your dream? And one school that I went to, the kids were saying my mother, my father, my friends, This one boy that told me that he liked basketball said, I think it's me. 
I think I'm the one that can stop me from achieving my dream. And I ended up giving him a high five and he dabbed himself. He was so happy with himself. And I said, but it's true. You know, you're going to have people that will tell you that you cannot do something. And if you let that stop you, it will. You know, but but you have to to make up in your mind that this is what I'm going to do. And and I tell them, I said, don't be like me, be better than me. It took me a long time before I was able to break that, 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 that bondage of Mm -hmm. trying to fulfill my life to please someone else instead of myself. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, that's hard work. It's, it's harder work to do that than to be who you really are. That's it. Right. So you're you're spending all this energy on something because there's resistance there. There's resistance there. So you're not going to be able to push through when there's resistance, when you're able to be in the direction where the force is with you, you know, and it's that momentum, that energy, because we're energy. That's that's what we are. This, it's, it's really that simple. And we can be energy that is depleting. We can be energy that is fueling, that is magnificent in this world. But we have to channel that in the place where our gifts, our talents, our passions are, because that's where we can light things on fire. So I'm curious because, you know, you've talked about the, the kids and this passion that you have, what inspired you to in that direction? Like with you mentioned your children's books and that, that book series, like wh- what is it about kids that made you feel like, I, I wanna spend more time in this area? I love kids' um, freedom. Freedom to just not feel limited. Like it, they, they inspire me to continue to have that kid mindset in me that I'm not limited yeah. unless I limit myself, mm-hmm. you know, so I just love that liberation. And I knew even before it happened that I wanted to do a children's book series. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> That's why I said, you know, my I have to go back to my faith because it's just, I just feel like a lot of the things that have happened in my life have just been so divine. So in 2013, it, I had actually reached out to some publications about my interest in a children's book. Mind you, I was still working. I was still a pre-K aide, a teacher's assistant. So, you know, this was way before all of this happened, but I just knew that I wanted to do it. So I feel like everything happens for a reason. Uh, The children's books is going to be 10 10 books for this series. 10 years I tried becoming a certified teacher. 10 years I failed. And so in the series, I'm talking about what I learned, the lessons that I learned from my experiences mm-hmm. and I get to share that with the older youth because I really wanted to highlight the older youth so my target readers are eight year old to 12 because mm-hmm. I feel like they're so forgotten <laughs> that's and- true you know what that is a good point because a lot of the celebrating that happens I mean it's happening right now right? Because we're in the season. It's that end of spring, early summer, 
it's all the graduations, but it's these milestones that are high school, college. In the middle, it's kind of like, you're just, you're floating along, you know, people are like, keep going, just keep going. But there's not this focus and this attention toward that age group that you're talking about, which is such a critical time, you know, moving through that adolescent years. And, and now there's, you know, besides the, the technology that apparently adults can't even use because we're over here struggling still. Um, there's just so much more that that age group is dealing with. And for you to be able to say, I see you, I hear you, I know what you're trying to do, keep doing it. It's a lot. It means a lot to that, to that age group. And I love how the 10, you know, because you're talking about 10 years of this push of trying to do this thing that just wasn't quite getting there, you know, and now you're talking about this other 10, you know, that is this power of continuous growth on this journey. And you're going to impact people tenfold, you know, because of that, that, that is where dreams are, are made or broken is, are those decisions when you're, when you're young. Because and you're right, there's there's something I think we can learn from that age group because they still have that that hope and that dream. You know, when you get older, a lot of that gets killed <laughs> because of all of the people and all the negativity and all the judgment of of people saying, No, like what are you thinking? Just you know, be be the norm, like follow the crowd, be in the herd. Why are you over here trying to get out of the herd? Always like looking at the trees and picking the berries, just stay with the herd, <laughs> keep going. Mm -hmm. But you discover stuff when you adventure off and you do those things. And it's the beauty of who you are. So now I have to ask you, well, what's next? Like, what are you working on right now? When you look ahead at the next three to five years, what do you see for yourself? My goal, as I said before, I'm all about community helping those in need. My goal is to build enough resources where I can help nonprofits in need and utilize my poetry to do so. So my goal is to be able to do commercials for nonprofits. My biggest one is um, St. Jude's the kids I want to do a poem for them to encourage people to donate like that and it's going to happen it is it is going to happen that is incredible that is incredible you know one of the um so I'm in healthcare. um being in hospitals so much of my life um the reason that I chose that path was because uh, growing up, I saw a lot of family members in hospitals, including my father who passed away in a hospital. Um, and when the very first time I worked at a children's hospital, um, I was working on the BMT unit. It's a cancer unit, kids getting bone marrow transplants and 
And the other unit that I was working on was the psych unit, children that were in environments that um, weren't ideal and they, they faced a lot of psychological challenges as a result of their environments. And um, my heart broke, my heart broke, but, but I was like, you know, there's a reason for being called to be in certain spaces at certain times, you know, for any, anybody who's listening, whether you're a person of faith or maybe, maybe you don't, you know, align with a specific God, but you believe in the power of the universe or something. There's, there's something within us that draws us towards things that we're able to give for good. And that's such a space, you know, when you see vulnerability and there's, there's only so much that the human condition can do. I will tell you that faith, you know, especially in environments like that is what holds families together, which helps them to see can persevere through this, you know, whether it's cancer or, or something else that, you know, you don't have entire control over because there's medicine and just other things that need to do their magic and do their work. But so much of it is the mindset that people have that carry them forward in these times that are of challenge. So the fact that you want to spend more time, you know, in that area is so powerful, but Tracy, how can people find you? How can they follow your work, what you're doing and just continue to be inspired by your poetry? Um, I tell people my website is my one-stop shop and that's tracynealspeakerpoet.com. And even if you can't remember that, if you type in Tracy Neal on Google, I will pop up. <laughs> good, good. And I'll make sure, I'll make sure in the show notes, you know, I have the um, links to everything so people can, can find you. But I want to take a few minutes to just ask you, because we've spent this time talking about being who you are. I want to ask you some questions that help people get to know you a little better. And my first question is, what makes you unbreakable? What makes me unbreakable is my faith. I know I can't do it all, but when I lean on my faith, I know I can get through anything. And my drive, I believe that I'm not limited. It's my mindset that, that drives me to continue to go. So when someone tells me I can't do something, my mindset is I'll prove wrong. I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, my next question for you is, what is something that's on your bucket list? My bucket list. I still wanna go to Spain. I'm, I'm, I actually used to live in another country uh, when I graduated college in 2012, August 2012, I went to China. So I lived there, Beijing, China for six months. So I'm, I'm really big on culture. I love learning, you know, different ways of life. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, something about Spain that I'm just like, I want to go to Spain. Yeah, everything <laughs> about it the food, the language, uh, definitely the, the, um, the ambiance, the ambiance. So that's, yeah, that's amazing. Beijing, Spain. Yeah. That's a, that's, 
that's something to write about <laughs> is when you do your memoirs and you talk about the things that you've done, I think travel can be something really interesting that you can incorporate. I love that. Okay. What is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Fear. Fear of failing. That was the biggest thing because when you're kind of, you start to get used to failing, you think that's what your life is going to be like, but that's not, that's not the case. You know, you yeah. will go through rejection. You will go through some failures, but that's not the end of it all. Yeah, absolutely. I think fear is the, a number one on many, many people's lists of things that they're still working through. Okay. Besides writing, what is another superpower that you have? Something that you're really good at? <laughs> I just thought of it. Um, I haven't played in a while, but pool, the game pool. Really? Yes. When I was in college, um, I used to play pool with guys. And I, I think about it now, I was like, I could have possibly been a pool shark, but yes. Yeah. And I play with, and my dad is really good at pool and I almost beat him. And I was feeling so good about myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good. But, you know, you still can do that thing because I, I think it was Pool Hall Junkies. I feel like there's a movie. I haven't seen it in ages. But, you know, when um, you go into somewhere and you're super nonchalant and you act like, I don't really know what I'm doing. That was me. That was me. <laughs> but then you just crush it. I think that's that's kind of a fun thing to do, you know, because it's very uh unsuspecting, you know, where people are just like, are you kidding me? Like, and then you just sh show them. That's always like a really good feeling when people assume that you're just like, oh, you're a girl. Like, what do you know about pool? This is like a kind of a guy's thing, you know? Um, so yeah, it's like you show up and next thing you know, taking people's money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so funny. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. If there was a last piece of advice that you could give to anybody who's listening, what would that be? The only person holding you back is you. No, that's the only person. And just take that leap of faith. So it's twofold. Take that leap of faith because the first step really is the hardest step. I I thought it would be other steps, but it was that first step of just putting myself out there and seeing what happens. You know, even baby birds before they learn how to truly fly, they just get thrown out there. <laughs> and you right. have to you have to kind of do the same thing. Just just go. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm up and I'm down. And I'm up and I'm down, but there's that. So it's a great analogy. You know, anything you see in nature, anything, if you watch animals, like, you know, uh, any birth of a new animal and the parents just kind of nudging them along little baby elephants, penguins. Like I like, I like the uh, national geographic channel. <laughs> They've always got like fun little things. And, um, but it, it shows you a lot. It shows you a lot about that, that stride that you have. And I, you know, I always like 
seeing exactly how you described where you're like, you know, you, you go to the beat of your own drum. I always like watching those movies and there's always that little, that the character that's kind of like, they do their own thing. They kind of like, they just got their own way about them and they're not really a part of the, the pack, but then that's what makes them so unique. That's what makes them, you know, and then all of a sudden later in life, then they're the one that everybody turns to and it's like, oh my gosh, like all of a sudden they have respect. But then when they were younger, everybody looked at them like, what are you doing? Because it's, it's, that's, it's that, you know, like, I think the theme of this, this discussion as, as I'm taking it all in is, is perseverance, is fortitude, is tenacity of just like, keep going, just keep going. I mean, Tracy, 10 times, 10 times you did that test, you know, and you could have just like, you could have settled, you could have just kept doing that. And just said, okay, maybe the 11th, maybe the 12th. But you were like, you know what? No. I'm do what I want to do. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. I love that. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing, Tracy. I'm so excited for you and everything that you're doing. And I mean, I, and I do, there's something about everything that we've talked about where I feel like this is just, you've been doing this for a long time, but I still feel like this is still the launching pad, you know, the New York times and the books is part of it. But I really think like five years from now, oh my gosh, there's just going to be this arsenal that you have. And I just want to thank you for the inspiration, especially to the youth. They need it more than ever today. It is way too hard. And, and the other thing I, I would say that for is because every time I, you know, read anything, even just flip on I'm not a huge TV watcher, but, you know, sometimes I'll flip it on for background noise and stuff. It's not positive. I have to put on like a movie or just something else because it's just, it's regular TV. It's not positive. If, if a kid turned on TV today, I don't know what they would be having hope for and excitement about. It's not, and it's not anything that's being really shown to us every day. So they need to find it elsewhere, you know, and that's where people like you come in. But um, I'm so appreciative of you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to share your gift with the world and, and improvising with me and just on the spot, <laughs> reading your powerful poem. It means a lot. I'm so excited for everyone to, to get exposed to your work. Thank you so much again for having me. This is amazing. Tracy Neal. I'm blown away by her talents and her gifts. Watching her on video do her uh, poetry and seeing her on the spot live, which was not planned at all, was just incredible. It's such, a, such an example of being unapologetically you. You know, the whole point of this show, the whole point of this podcast is to be a place where people can get excited, feel enthusiasm, feel joy, exuberance, hope about exactly who they are and being more of that every day. We are out there fighting the good fight of people in our orbit 
that want us to be other things, which is so well-intentioned. It truly is. It's well-intentioned for people to want for us what they perceive to be the best. Tracy's father only wanted the best for her, wanting her to become a teacher because he knew being in that profession for 40 years, what it could do. And she figured out her own way, which is also a form of teaching with the writing and speaking and poetry. There's so much to be learned. And I think that she is doing a magnificent job doing that. If there's anything that you took away from today's episode, it is that I want you to have hope. I want you to persevere. What is it right now in your life that you feel is calling you that requires more of your attention, your energy, your ideas, your innovation? Are you focused on that? Are you leaning into that? Is that something you expend quality energy on? If it is anything than a confident answer, I want you to think about what can you do to shift your energy to spending more time on that thing that makes you unapologetically you. That's gonna bring more of your inner beauty and exuberance to the world. Think about that. Okay. Oh my gosh. I feel so inspired right now. So inspired. Thank you for tuning in. It always means the absolute world to me that you join in and listen to this podcast. Share this episode. Share it with somebody who needs to be inspired by Tracy and her magnificence. And uh, hit that subscribe or follow button if you haven't already. Give a rating, rating and review. I know I say that all the time, but it does mean a lot. People find the show the more other people essentially promote the show and talk about it. It's the little buzz that gets created. So if you haven't done that, it takes 60 seconds or less. It's probably more like 30 seconds, to be honest. You just go on there, you hit the star rating and leave a sentence or two about what you like about the show or this specific episode, if you want to talk about that. Um, remember... And Tracy personified that so much today. You are your only limit. You really are. So take action today. Tune in again next time. See ya.